0: Welcome, my children, to another story, Fangs, by J.V. Carl. He didn't think he had a problem, but he had to admit he developed a taste of it, for them, for their blood, and what it contained. Be honest, he told himself, he moved slowly through the shadows. It wasn't the blood. There was blood everywhere. Everyone, he passed. Those who looked at him are those far larger in number who saw something or sensed something and averted their eyes. I had blood, blood could be found everywhere. That wasn't the problem. The problem, if it was one, he reminded himself, was once he drunk from a particular source, he wanted more and more than, than that, and tonight he would get all he wanted and start. He felt sure getting control of the—it wasn't a problem, at least not one he couldn't handle. Tonight he would handle it. He sunk into a d- pool of deep shadows and stood there for a moment, catching his breath. His heart raced at a pace unseemly for one of the undead. The hell, the hell of it was all was that it all came f- about by accident accent or timing or location or whatever. He was looking to feed in a new part of the city. He wa- wasn't looking for a new blood, that joke. Had been told a century ago. But over the centuries he'd learned to change his feeding grounds with some frequency. Wouldn't do to take too many drinks on the same neighborhood. That was a rookie mistake. He was no rookie. He sought a new charity, a fresh herd. He'd worn out his self-imposed welcome near the schools held night classes, factories, and had late night shift changes, and the same for club district and the dive bars. Funny thing about the club district, about the patrons of bars in general, none of them had ever got in to him the way this had. He could sink his fangs into vein flowing with blood alcohol devils. It would get them locked away. But even them by even the most lenient of judges Alcohol he consumed along with the blood had no effect on him. He could drink his fill and still walk a straight line to his next victim. Same with the kids. Going from the clubs. Coke, weed, eggs, meth, crack. Back in the day, even heroin, nothing. Oh, a small buzz once in a while, and now, then something like a bigger one, but on whole, another. But this, this was different. He came across it by accident. It happened when he was lowering a young woman to the ground. He, fl- he had flushed cheeks from the night, partying and going pale after he drained her. He let her down gently, placing her head on a discarded newspaper. And as he did, he saw the bold print at the bottom of an ad. Evening hours, 7 to 10. Tuesday, Thursday, no appointment necessary. He made a note at the address. Not a good neighbourhood. Which is a good, very good sign. As soon as the sun was gone the next day, he began his surveillance. He didn't take long to add the place to his list of feeding grounds. The rhythms of the business were not hard to discern. It was a low red address, told him who the practitioner catered to, which sorts of clientele of his sort. It made no difference. He fed upon wealthy and poor. Over the centuries, nobles and serfs, bankers and labourers. The blood at the bottom, 1% satisfied him, as deeply as that at the top. Besides, he told himself, the night before his first meal, he spoke well of the clientele and they would use their limited resources and time if they were coming to such a surface at night. Their days were doubtless filled with dead end jobs. He felt certain they all dreamed of finding a job with benefits. If he had insurance, you didn't have to come to a place like this. Some of them probably left and went on to third shift jobs, working until dawn, like me, he thought with a chuckle. A night of the first feeding was cool, clear, motionless. Moonless, it looked to be a slow night, but by f- 8.30 he selected his prey. A slender woman, mid-twenties, he guessed, dressed in a uniform. From some force forged a few chain or another, walking swiftly, a cloth pressed to her cheek. White right cheek, he entered. She entered the building while the practitioner had his office. A bit more than half an, more than, than half an hour later, she emerged, still holding a cloth to her cheek, but moving more slowly. He let her get. He let her get half a block deeper into the shadows before he made his move. He looked at her quickly, he took her quickly, one hand over her mouth, the other pressing her hard on the small of her back to tilt her backwards, bending her, sinking his fang into her throat. In the instant the needle-sharp points were fully extruded, he knew from the first slip something was different. There was a tang, a hint of sweetness to her blood, or quality that flowed into him, long with nourishment, had seemed to reach his brain and cast him. Not adrift, he was far much more self-controlled by that, but certainly afloat. It felt as though he was floating something somewhere above reality. He could see himself as he finished feeding, draining the last drops of life from the young woman. He was, he was stuck, and, to be honest, touched by the woman's final gesture. She had not struggled. He saw a certain sleepy imagination in her eyes as he fed, but when he removed his hand from her, her as she died, she opened her mouth and slowly, almost strangely, ran the tip of her tongue over her teeth, managing a slight smile as her life left her. After disposing of her body in a co- covert far enough from the hunting ground, he made his way back to the lair. A strangeness had come to, into him. If our blood lingered through his journey back to his sleeping place, he enjoyed it, savoured it. In fact, he never felt quite anything quite like it. Numbness and, and that was nevertheless filled with awareness and sensation. He kept dream, dreamless, he slept dreamless, through the next day and the next dreamless sleep in the century. His first sleep, dreamless sleep in the century, I woke at twilight refreshed and wanting more and frightening the quality had been need to the young woman, and it died with her. He returned to his waiting place near the night office. It was almost ten before he found his next victim. A portly man in a cheap suit, who put up no struggle, Those whose blood was even more highly laced with his strange quality. The woman's blood had given him stronger, richer, more resolute, of dreamless sleep, more powerful, a larger dose. Only I mean, his experience of seeing sex kept him from drifting off before reaching his highway. Once he had slept as he never slept in centuries, when he awoke he knew he wanted more. It was an aesthetic, of course. By the time he were awakened after the night, after sleep, following his third meal, a young man of average weight, providing him with, him with a medium. But what? Need to quit his. He possessed dose of dreamlessness, he knew it was certainly. But what he didn't know yet was that what to do with the knowledge. A plan took two nights and two meals to formulate. Neither meal was wholly satisfying. The first night's blood held only the lightest dose, the second none at all. He dreamed for the first time in one of the week, but he also dreamed knowing what he must do. He waited in the shadow until t- nearly ten, till the last of the night's trade emerged from the office. For an in instant, he was tempted to ferry then. for another evening. The, w- the woman emerging from the office would, would make a lonely meal. Lovely meal. He could tell by the slow and steady way she walked. He was full of the stuff. It would be easy to know. He had taken five here already. Those combined with the night's activities would spoil these hundred grand for him. He would have to move on, but not until he paid his own visit to the petitioner. Patric- Once the woman rounded the corner and was out of sight, he left the shadows and walked to the office door. Another woman in white uniform approached from his side just as he entered. Oh, she said, happily startled. We are closing. He pressed her hand to his left cheek. I mean, some pain, he said. I was hoping. I'm oh, sorry, said a woman. we Jean, a man's voice, called from the corner that led off to the waiting room. "What? What is it? A walking, she said. It's been we're closing, Doctor. I think we can squeeze in one more, in, a doctor replied. He stepped into the corridor and nodded. Put him in the room free. You can take him down his information and give him for a reason. Then go ahead and look up. I'll be in shortly. The doctor stepped back into the room. There was a the sound of a door closing. This way, the woman said, Follow me. He could already spell what he had come in, come in for. Its scent clung to the woman in white, wafted in minute traces, minute traces through the air. A detection, technician seated him in his own chair in a windless room, flanked by tools of the precious trade. A many armed mechanical assistant with its drills and brushes and attachments. A spitball with its constantly spurring jet of water. A paper cloth tree, cover tree with its array of shining instruments and a tank. A tank with a flexible tube that combined to, to a simple mass. the mass that contained the mouths and noses of, of those whose blood had delivered him to dreamless sleep. The dental technician leaned over him and said, "Open, please." Sent a scent of gas clung to her clothes, her skin. He could smell it even through the latex gloves she donned for the examination. He breathed, uh, breathed. He breathed deeply. Looked up to her. The technician's neck was long and graceful. A steady pulse showing in you know, her throat. He felt his fangs beginning to. Extrude. Please open, she said again, quite firmly, almost wagging a long-handled dental medium at him. He opened and she placed the mirror inside his mouth, moving it from one side to the next in search of a reflection. she He knew she would not f- find. After a moment the technician said, "Hm." She showed a small frown and tapped the mirror lightly against each of the fangs. I have to get the doctor to take a look at this he would be right in. She left the room and closed the door behind her. He was able to sit still for only a moment before twisting in the dental chair and leaning close to the tank. Slowly, unable to resist, he lifted the tank, held lifted the mask and held it to his mouth and nose, breathing deeply. Taking in himself every atom the gas that lingered on the interior of the mask, it wasn't enough. He reached from his right hand to fill a valve at the top of the tank. He would twist a little more, a little, just a little, just enough to take the edge off, it, but not too much. He wouldn't want, he wouldn't take too much. Not that he wouldn't, not when he, he had the dentist and tradition, tradition he technician. He to deal with. He would just take a whiff, just a whiff, and no more. When he would feed feed upon the dentist and technician, and then he would leave and take the tank with him. twisted the valve, it the hiss as the gas began to flow. Held his breath for an instant, then opened his nostrils slightly, felt the sweet bite of gas, and couldn't help himself. He breathed deeply once, twice, and third time, more muddling, more, mustering enough strength to close the valve. For mustering strength to close the valve, he drained the mask of the last of the gas, and stamped back into the chair. I have a problem, he felt, and would have laughed were it not for the need to gather all his instinct and experience to deal with what he must do of leaving and returning in the safety's lair. He tried to lift himself from the chair when the door opened. The dentist opened, followed quickly by his technician. The dentist beamed at him and turned to the young woman. You see, the dentist said, none of them can resist your kind. You just don't have it in you do you, my friend? The dentist stepped close and leaned but to fall down. Can't move, Her, He said softly. Too bad. The door's made of silver. I have liked to have seen your face when you made that discovery, but not to be, not to be, not to be. In in the chair, the patient felt fearless, calling him to him, drawing him in. There was nothing he could do. You're my six, you know, the dentist said took a small vial from the pocket of his jacket, held it close to the patient, in its contacts. Ten perfect fans, yours would be eleven, twelve, or even a dozen, from my collection. He placed the vial back into his pocket and took two late turns of gloves from a box on the implement, implement tray. Now, the dentist said cheerfully, would you hand me my instructions, Dean?